plot, beg, borrow, ellipsis, or steal. 1973. Written by Brian Vn at Earthlink.net. Three disabled men, one blind, one with no legs and one with no hands, get together to pull off a museum robbery. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. Or maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping in to different places. A spectacular. Welcome to Citizen White Cane, the podcast where two confused disabled people break into the world of blind media critique, take the precious gems, then are forced to give them back when they turn out to be problematic. My name is Sky McLeod. <laughs> I'm Melissa Barta. Um, and we are talking today about Beg, Borrow, Dot, 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 or Steal, which I guess like I how to say that is like Beg, Borrow, or steal, maybe. Or steal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's my best, my best attempt uh, at at the infl- uh, inflection of the title. Um, but it is a hour long, or it's a little over an hour. Uh, it's 1973 t- made for television movie um, uh, about three disabled people who d- rob a museum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so (laughs) where to start with this one? I mean, like, I guess, um, some overview or how do we feel about it? I don't know. I mean, you basically, that's basically the summary of the movie and this movie, we don't learn a whole lot about, uh, everything that happens around this event necessarily, or, uh, the people who, who decide to commit this crime. I mean, we meet them and we, we, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of like an ocean's alarm, but for disabled people. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I was (laughs) watching this with my partner and we were, he kept talking about the, like, what if ocean's 11 was just disabled people or like, what if they did instead of like all women, they just did disabled people, but like has to be dudes because you can't have too many um, yeah, different. Chicks, chicks can't just do this. Yeah, yeah I can't mm-hmm. be disabled women. Though that would be so much cooler. Uh, I know than anything else that's ever happened. Um. <laughs> and I mean, for, forgive me. Like the only way during the movie that I could tell these the, the three dudes apart is their disability. What their disabilities were because they they're all white <laughs> and they all have black curly hair. And I'm like, ah, they all look. I can't tell. It's funny. Um, I feel like they had different enough of a different sh- like facial shape that I had. A, it was really easy, and like their hair was a okay. different shape. But that sure. might be the way my eyes work. That that was easy for me to tell the difference because of that. <laughs> but yeah, they did. It was you could tell because one of them has no hands at all. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And one of them is in a wheelchair, and then mm-hmm. the other one is blind. Because we're talking about it, so one of them's got to yes. be blind. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like that in this movie, the villain at the beginning is actually ableism, which I feel like is rarely the case. Yeah, 
I was really surprised because I, I wasn't exactly sure how how we were going to get to the plot of these guys needing to commit a museum heist. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually completely, um, unfortunately, th- these Real. guys wanting to rob a museum seems incredibly rational yeah. considering all of the stuff that we have to go through as disabled people just to get money. Right. It was like actually survive. It was like so real because it was like, you know, you can like play up weird disability like, oh, this is what I think it probably is the problems. But it's like, no, it was all they seemed like they were just getting by just fine. They weren't like, oh, my gosh, we're pining because we're disabled like the But mm-hmm. they were just they were having job discrimination. Like we see that the guy that the dude in the wheelchair can't get alone because um they don't trust him to be able to make money um right and we have the guy with no hands is fired from his job and like to the point that he sees his boss talking to his boss's boss or like they're they're talking and he's like oh that's me getting fired basically because i'm not doing you know because i'm working too slowly this is what always happens and he just like grabs his coat like he's like i'm I'm out of here yeah that that was really funny because that's actually not i can't say i've been in that exact situation but i've been in a situation adjacent to that like that's why i quit uh one of my jobs in college it it was for that reason because it was finally my boss I, yeah, it was just not, it's not good working conditions. And my boss finally comes up to me and he like takes me aside and he's like, so you're really slow and I don't know what to do with you. Oh my gosh. And I was like, cool. Wow. That's my cue. I, I need to not work here anymore. And luckily that's uh, when my volunteer job at the radio station became a paid position. So I was like, yes, I'm oh, in a place timing. where I'm, I fit. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've, I've literally had that happen and it's embarrassing and you feel so defeated. And I felt for Cliff in in that moment because the other guy who he's working with was like, stay, stay, you're not going to get fired. You do such good work. Like it's, it's fine. You know, you're doing fine. And, but he's has two hands and he's able. And so he's probably never gone through something like that before. Gosh, wait. So what kind of job was, was the, I worked, yeah. Uh, well, actually, coincidentally, my job was also working with computers, just like they oh. were working with. Well, they yeah. weren't work. Was it? Oh, was it computers? I, it was like electrician-y stuff, but I couldn't oh, really see what they were right. working on. It's no, the 70s. I either, so. This was the 70s. Yeah. It, I saw tall towers with wires and I was like, oh, he, they're working on computers, but they probably weren't because it's the 70s. Well, okay, fine. So we were not working at the same job, but... <laughs> Essentially, I it was a similar situation. Was it like t- like um, like computer repair stuff or? Um, some of it was. I never actually got to take anything apart because I just the, I couldn't do that work. But I was like a troubleshooter. I did work in labs. I did maintenance on what? computers. Blind uh, people the are the best troubleshooters. I believe that I strongly. Know. I've I worked know. in similar jobs. We can do that. Oh, that sucks. But this was this was a job that no adaptations were made right of so, course so then what do you know you it was it was the worst and i gave up a really great job to do that job so that's a whole nother story but <sighs> yeah i i really felt for cliff though i i so it's it's funny because like i wasn't i wasn't even mad that these guys decided to do to heist because you know usually i'd be on the museum side because i love museums and you <laughs> should never ever you should never ever do something like this never ever and yet and yet i was like you know what 
fuck it. Take I mean, it. You, you guys deserve this. I know. Okay. I was like, because we, so we have these two guys are already in the beginning are already kind of like have that uh, kind of working to like the near the beginning, the guy with no hands and the, the guy in the wheelchair mm-hmm. are um, like basically casing the museum um, mm-hmm. to like see how everything works um, because the, what is the character in the wheelchair's name? <laughs> Oh, Vic. Vic. Vic, like Victor. Yeah. But everyone calls him Vic. Yeah, like Vic Vapor's Vapor rug, Rub. Oh my gosh, words. Um, but yeah, so Vic <laughs> is um was the one who like basically designed the security at the museum before he was in a wheelchair, and then once he was in a wheelchair, they basically were like, "You can't work here anymore," and he can't get his job back because he's disabled. Um, mm-hmm. so. Which is like, oh, it was weirdly, I was like, this is like legit real. Like, this is very, um, Mm -hmm. it felt, yeah, it felt very real in a way that usually movies are not very good at, like, encapsulating what ableism looks like. Um, It's so, yeah, he, he's designed the security system. So he is like a very good person to be the mastermind behind this because he knows how it all works. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. And then the guy with no hands has um cliff uh he i he's an electrician so that's his thing Mm -hmm. um i guess that's kind of his main vibes but um but he is able to get a key from uh he drops a key and then he's able to get it from a little uh vent or what is it called um Oh, the grate and the floor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there's a a handful, handful, well, there's a few things that they (laughs) like. I mean, it's kind of fun when they do stuff where, like, you're able to um, use, like, at one point when they have to climb, like, when the heist is actually happening, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Vic needs to, like, actually go up multiple stories on a rope um, Mm -hmm. to get into the building. Um, And so he's, like, practicing to have, like, upper arm strength and then like also probably because he's not using his legs this is something um that comrade pointed out he's like yeah your legs are probably atrophy enough that you would be lighter overall Mm -hmm. so like having more upper body strength and having being lighter because of like leg atrophy and you're like oh yeah i could see how that would actually kind of help in like doing that that's Um, a really good point (laughs) yeah it was which i was like terrified i'm glad that the blind guy didn't have to do that because i'd be like oh my god that would scare the fuck out of me um but that's just because i'm afraid of heights not because i'm blind necessarily (laughs) um but uh yeah so so there's like with the blind guy do we really see well his blindness i guess is like when they turn off the lights in the room where he's like disabling things um right he's able to he was, still do yeah. just the same in the darkness as he was in the light but yeah so anyway the two of them like it's originally just um Vic and Cliff who are um uh, planning the heist but then um okay so what's our blind character's name Melissa <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> his name, they say it a couple times, but I never, I honestly never caught his name. Let me see. I have the um, IMDb open. So his character name is um, Lester. Lester. Wait. See, they say it like twice in the entire movie. Yeah, and then, I don't and remember them say saying it, it at all because that's my grandfather's name. And I 
think I would have not the blind grandfather actually it's the other grandfather right. I have a blind grandfather <laughs> and I have a grandfather named Lester so I should have I feel like I would have they might have called him less maybe maybe yeah but even yeah. I guess like um I would have made but I feel like yeah I feel like I never fully clocked what his name was because they must have said like less is a name you can say like I know that that's what's because that's my grandfather would be called less just mm-hmm. as often so like it isn't I know that's how to shorten it but it could have just been that less is a kind of name that could get like lost in a sentence um so it might have right. just not um, caught it well now that we have our their name our na- their names in front of us uh we should we should probably note that uh Victor Cummings is our wheelchair our gentleman in a wheelchair he's played by Mike Connors Lester Yates, which is our blind guy, is played by Kent McCord. And Cliff Norris, uh, the one who uses prosthetic hands, is played by Michael Cole. Yes, thank you. That was good. You're welcome. Um, So so Lester is our blind character here, and Mm -hmm. he is, um, he works at a a key, like a... um, a key shop? What is what is this called? He's like a locksmith. Like yeah, a locksmith shop, exactly. But he, but it's weird. We don't really see that being used, I don't think. No, he's mostly working on uh, getting into the fuse box to disable all the fuses and stuff. Which is kind of what, like, Cliff's whole thing is in his job. So it doesn't really make much sense. I don't understand why that happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean Lester. Yeah, Lester seems to have like the least to do out of all three of these guys. Well, because he also is the yeah. he joins after the fact because they're basically keeping it from him mm. for the beginning of the movie. Which it is yes. kind of cool that the three of them, you know, they're not related or anything, and they're all living together in a house. It's like it is yeah. kind of cute. <laughs> like I, I really liked that part of it. Um, it's like a very kind of. Um, you know, I don't know, Island of Misfit Toys, like, chosen yeah, family well, thing. Yeah, that, and it's kind of like, eventually, dis- disabled folks will find each other. Yeah. And make their own little communities and stuff. But it's, yeah, it is, it, it is a really nice thing. It's like, it, it's like with freaks that it, it's always a little bit of a, I'm just like, yeah, I love this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so they're, um... They're living together, keeping it, and then we have this scene where Lester is like, "Don't silence to a blind man," because they're like passing a note to each other about the yeah. robbery, which is like really weird behavior. Um, but <laughs> Lester as a character is just—he is just—I don't know—he's kind of a wet blanket. He's very nondescript. Um, I don't. What do we? What do we think of him? I feel like he's just like he's like such a square. Where I was like, I, I think <laughs> blind people would not like. He is way more of a square than I feel like most of blind people I know. You know, like I think there's at least somewhat of a like every blind person I know has a little bit of um like anti-establishment bent. You know, whereas he yeah, felt very yeah. like fall in line. I'm like, I don't know a single blind person like that. So I don't know, but I'm. Maybe they're out there, but it seemed uh, weird to me that he was so against them, like, stealing things, but in a way that wasn't, like, all... I mean, I guess it was sort of... I mean, was it thought out? He was just kind of like, that's bad. I don't know. 
<laughs> he had like an immoral I mean, objection. Yeah. They they want to have that one character who's who starts out as the moral compass and is like, no, we shouldn't do this because it's wrong. Uh, but then they win him over. Right, right. Yeah, so that you can kind of like as an audience surrogate, which I guess is cool. That's the blind character, but I it's wrong. I was never, as an audience member and a blind person, I was never like, wow, these people shouldn't be robbing a museum. It's wrong to like steal something from rich people who are discriminating against you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was never my thought. So I don't know I why know. you yeah. needed to do that. But this movie is really the... Like, it could have totally been, like, a, like, exploitation. I was, like, trying to figure out what the right term is, and that's, I don't think there is a term, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing it now. exploitation. I think, is the best <laughs> we're gonna get. Um, but I wanted it to be, like, full-on exploitation, and it, like, the theme, the idea the movie was could have easily been, but then it, like, undermined it in some really key ways that made it feel, like, kind of it was just kind of disappointing because it was so close to being like these disabled people are discriminated against and they get back with ingenuity but in the end it's like no disabled people still don't know what they're doing and are still you know right because because you have i mean the spoilers yeah spoilers in 1973 (laughs) you know and they 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 successfully end up pulling off the heist uh, but then the next day, literally, the the security guard, the officer on duty, duty who knows Vic, comes to their apartment and is like, so you did this, 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 and this. You right. messed up here and here. And, you know, you should just give the, you should just give everything back. Like, you've you proved your point. Say you're sorry. Give everything back. And I think they mail, they end up mailing the stones in the end uh, back to the museum. And uh, the officer ends up getting giving Vic or loaning Vic the five grand to keep his laundry mat. Which is like not was... the only problem that exists for these three guys. They have other problems. No. Yeah. That does yeah. not like, okay. solve all their problems. I was like, okay, great. So Vic has his laundry mat back. That's great. Are the other two dudes going to work there? Right, exactly. Exactly. It's not it, like you do not need that many people to work at a laundromat. That's not enough money for it. To, like you can't support the other two guys that way. Like, it's not, it doesn't make sense that that's such a small thing, whereas, like, they needed more finances and they're not going to be able to, they're still going to be coming up against, even at the laundromat, he's still going to be coming up against a lot of ableism and he doesn't have a lot of options and just one loan. And it's like, it's a loan, right? It's still a loan. Or is he given the money? I can't remember. I, I don't think it's ever actually specified, but it, it, we are we are inferring that. Um, oh, okay, he's just gonna get a loan. He's gonna get a loan because he's this able able bodied guy, and he's gonna give the money to Vic. Right. Which, and it's it's kind of in, it's kind of implied that if that's what you wanted, why didn't you just ask me? I'm your friend instead of trying to steal from the museum. And I think he because he is Vic's friend, he does give them that chance in the end instead of just outright reporting them to the police if he knows that. It was them who did it. But it's so patronizing. And at that point, I was like, they could have just been like, 
are you you really think people are gonna believe that a bunch of crippled you know like to not to use a slur but it was 1973 mm. so that feels probably like what the dialogue would be um but like are you gonna really believe that like three and no one's gonna believe three disabled people stole it's kind of like that daredevil moment where he's like you really think they're <laughs> gonna believe a blind person beat you up i mean like they could have done that they totally could have done that and it would have made more sense to me like because they this it's worth like each they steal multiple stones and they're all worth like four million dollars or something like that it was like it's an extreme amount of money and like so the difference between five thousand dollars and like nine million (laughs) dollars It's vast. <laughs> um, so I feel like just being like, instead of just being like, oh, okay, well, you're going to be able to report us. Like they could have just said, no one's going to believe you. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which right. they, like they, you, when you say that three disabled people were the ones who stole the gems, no one will believe you. And part of it is he's like, you can't, how are you going to sell it on like the black market? Because they're, you know, they're going to be looking for it which is like yeah that's a fair critique of their idea because originally they were teaming up with some criminals and then again they decided to go by themselves when the criminals were like hey you have to show us your plans before you do it and he's like i'm not going to show you my plans you're just going to steal it and do it yourself um so so that's why they go independent um but then i'm like you could probably find some like sketchy place to sell them you probably definitely get more than five thousand dollars <laughs> like even if you don't sure. get the full nine million it's not like you're gonna get something way smaller and like you could definitely um like still there's still a way to sell them and get more money um and again like i don't think i think they could have been totally correct by saying like hey no one's gonna believe that this is disabled people who did this and that's enough of a movie logic to me and i'm the one with the robot brain and i would be (laughs) totally fine with that (laughs) well you know it's i kind of i bought the whole thing about like so they stole these stones these these diamonds but how how would they they get money from them no one's gonna buy them they're hot stones yeah no. i well yeah i mean and i'm but i'm like he says that and i'm like you know you say no one but i mean i bet you i'm sure there's someone on the black market who would who would cut or fence those stones or something but then again i don't know i'm not a criminal so i'm not an expert in in thievery so i don't know maybe maybe they could never sell them and then what do you do it's like all these treasure hunting movies and all these movies where people where people steal stuff from museums or whatever i'm I'm always thinking well what are you going to do with it though right right but this is always a problem this is always a movie logic problem and in this case it's used to justify why they should just give them back but mm-hmm. like in other times there's you know they cut them or they do something so that they're not traceable or they just sell them right. on the black market so that it's like you know it's not like an up and up thing where they're they're going to be traced <laughs> so you know there are there's a lot of movie logic ways where you can sell the diamonds but this movie is like no it can't they can't do it that's enough of a justification to like completely 
like give up their whole plan and on top of that like they on the tv are like wow these are like highly skilled criminals that were able to steal so they're like yeah we're highly skilled criminals like Mm -hmm. and i was just like so i was like so excited by that i was like fuck yeah you guys did like fuck the man like and no one's ever gonna believe it's a bunch of disabled people like you could so get away with this (laughs) i was really stuck on that and then like nope no it's just and on top of that like that he's just so patronizing he's like here's all the dumb things you did like uh, Mm -hmm. i you know you like it was basically just like you dumb disabled people you can't do this right like a real person like would be able to do it better um it's just so offensive it's it's the thing with the door that's bugging me he's like officer cooper when he comes to the apartment says you know oh yeah you said that the door was unlocked but i knew that i locked it i locked that door every night and i'm like whoa Okay, so if you knew that something was up and you right. knew that was something something was going on, why the fuck didn't you confront Vic and be like, "Hey, what's going on here? Like, do we need to talk about something or whatever?" Exactly. You, it's like he was almost he was almost in on it because he wanted to see if these fellas could actually pull this thing off. Right, and then it's like, and then he is just like. To, to to teach them a lesson i get like it's just like you're the shittiest character here because you're the well, one who then, knew about it from the beginning didn't yeah, say anything and, and then just waited and then for it to like, happen and then you're the good guy and then he comes he, and then the other thing he says is like oh it's fine if you give them back and you know say you're sorry yeah or whatever every everything will be fine and he didn't this is never said but again as a movie watcher this is what i inferred is you'll get away with it and if you say you're sorry and everything is fine because you're disabled people yeah well no he even says like he's like i talked to the district attorney and i was like what if some disabled people were confused and Mm -hmm. accidentally stole precious gems and then they just you know what would they would they be able to just give them back and say they're sorry and everything be okay and the district attorney was like well i guess in this special circumstance because if it's an abled criminal it's totally different um then it would be okay person would never do anything like this right well they were confused because they're stupid it's kind of like um how uh helen keller is you know when she talks about socialism it's just a confused Mm -hmm. disabled person (laughs) it's like the classic (laughs) ableist thing A, a disabled person would never ever think to do something like this and they none of none of us would ever be capable of pulling something like this off now you know could could you and i go to a museum and steal something Eh, I don't probably know. not. Eh, probably not. But you know, these guys are very competent. I mean, yeah. And well, I mean, especially with with all of Victor's backstory, it's like, and they were in the right place at the right time. I mean, Victor had access to. The well, museum. they all had expertise that really came in handy. And on top of that, like, they're they had all of they did technically have all abilities but it like was kind of fun Mm because they had to get creative like if we tried to rob something we could never see anyone coming (laughs) but if we like had other disabled people with different disabilities then we could like you know there's a lot of like planning where you could do what they did which is like okay this thing it's going to be helpful to be blind but this thing you're going to be because they need to see to like get the Mm -hmm. diamonds or the the gems out of there because it's like a statue that has gems inside of it and there's lasers that are that are um, it set off an alarm and so yeah. they have to like put smoke so they can see the las- lasers but then they also have to be able to you know see to see the lasers so if it was just blind people they couldn't pull that off but that's what's kind of fun <laughs> right, about right. it is it's like they're all 
have different disabilities and we see how both the different disabilities like make them more able to do certain things in certain contexts and then you also see how certain like people are using the you know you, you know you see them using their hands or the ability to walk or the ability to see in different situations so it's kind of like that like together they're you know even more powerful <laughs> but um yeah, at oh one point God, it's oh yeah it's this this actually reminds me of this really stupid again i don't like family guy i'm not here to endorse that family guy is good but there is this one episode where Peter gets in a fight with Joe, who is the handicapped police officer um, who uses a wheelchair. And he gets in a fight with Joe, and Joe and all his buddies, who also just happen to be wheelchair users, are like, that's it! And Joe goes, form Kryptron! And they all stack up on top of each other and become this giant, like, man-shaped <laughs> transformer. It's stupid. It's it's absolutely insane. But that's kind of sort of what I thought about when I was watching this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's dumb. But it does have that, well, I love at one point he's like, well, together we're almost a, almost a man or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I'm just like, I was just like, okay, so we have a three-headed person. Uh, we have four <laughs> working eyes, uh, four, like, hands, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Or work Four legs. Um, it's, that's not. I mean, that's a pretty weird looking uh, <laughs> single human being, and I feel like it's more uh, than one human. But sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, my my deaf friend and me in college, we used to make the same jokes because she could see and I could hear. Right. So. It's like, well, that's like when, like, any, uh, like, kind of you included, but um, any, any of my friends who have, like, decent, say, how is your central vision? Um, but, like, or more tunnel vision than anything else? I'm always like, together we have eyes. Mm. <laughs> together we can actually see things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes. yeah, it's, it, but it, it's very localized. Uh, usually if someone has a disability and you stack two people together, you're still, that's still mostly <laughs> just right. unnecessarily <laughs> a weird non-human creature of with mm-hmm. way too many uh, just, yeah, body parts. But I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 heist was the most fun, the funnest part of this movie. Yeah, uh, watching watching them actually pull this off. Yeah, they really they really do, and it gets hairy for a minute because the uh, officer Cooper catches on a few times or hears something. And it's always Lester. It's always Lester who gets on the talkie and is like, "Okay, the guards coming." Yeah. Well, and also, like, because he can hear what's going on, but then mm-hmm. isn't Lester the one who accidentally makes a noise as well? Yes, he pulls the he pulls a fuse wrong or something, and it sparks and makes a noise. Yeah. Right, right, which is, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad. I was also like, you're talking into walkie-talkies, so that also makes noise, guys. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, that is, mm-hmm. your voice mm-hmm. is also a noise, even if you're whispering, it's still... It's got to count for something. I mean, a walkie-talkie right. seems really dangerous to be in a, like, heist where you're trying to make no noises at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they even, like, they call the guard from another phone, which is so funny, in the museum um, to talk yes. to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> which yeah, I'm I like, mean, how I does think... he not hear that it's also in the museum? The se- mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it must be mm-hmm. a big enough museum, but it's it's weird. <laughs> but, 
But yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm thinking they did that to give Vic an alibi or something. I think that's what they. Well, that's what. Why yeah, they did that? That's what I was thinking too. Because part of it is to, to distract him because he's catching on to Lester mm-hmm. being there, and so. But then right. they call him so that he has to like leave and answer the phone. So it does have right. that. But then, um, yeah, I wonder if it is like the alibi. Um, that's like when they were talking, I was like, is this so they could have an alibi? Because I guess that would make sense. But then that's one of the things that the security guard is like, I knew like that it was you because you called. Like that was one of his reasons. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. It's like a weird you called was, on the night of the that the gems went missing. So it's apparently right. didn't work as an alibi. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's just a coincidence that you happened to call me. Ha ha ha. Yeah, no, that didn't totally didn't work. But I mean, in the heat of the moment, that's what they decided to do. Yeah, right. Because it wasn't like they hadn't planned that, I think. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, this is a way to distract him. But yeah, I mean, right. I guess like. I guess it's, I mean, the door thing and the calling, I mean, but it's still, and the other thing he says is there's Braille on the... Right, he, he found the Braille codes. Right. Yeah. Which, like, okay, so why, like, did they put, how did they put the Braille codes on? Is that what they did together? There was so much stuff, and, like, there's no audio descriptions, it's... Uh, this is no, like just record we could only find it on youtube that was the only place it's available so this is very- right and i'm i'm yeah. pretty sure this was this was recorded off of tv and then digitally transferred yeah definitely onto, from from a vhs even at yeah, the end the credits they're like talking about what's coming up next on, yes, so. yes well and and there's commercial fade outs but then yeah the yeah just skips to the movie and I'm like oh obviously they stopped recording and then I had a VHS player remember my family did I used to do this all the time I'd record stuff from TV yeah they're very like abrupt of like oh it stopped okay we're back (laughs) it's like a weird kind (laughs) of yeah um so it's definitely didn't have audio descriptions but all of the heist is like pretty like no one's describing what's going on for the most part which is like this blind guy is like Really, like, this is not great for a blind person when no one's, like, describing what's happening. At one point, he goes downstairs that he's never been mm-hmm. down, and he doesn't mm-hmm. have a cane, and he's just fine. Right. In, in the whole movie, we never see this dude with a cane. I, no, we like, do. We do a okay. couple times at the do beginning. We... It's just not, he just oh, doesn't bring his right, cane to the right. heist at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess because that would make a super duper amount of noise, but yeah. still... Right. Okay, that's all right. Okay, that's really unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that he like and with the staircase, it's like this guy has just started, so he wasn't there when they were casing it, which is like kind of like the blind person should be the one there when you're casing it. That's like that seems mm-hmm. important that they would at least know the place pretty well cuz that's like the most like blind people were not good at like just tell me what it looks like or like show me the map or like you know like all the right, ways right. where people can like get ready to understand the inner workings of a place we don't have access to so we literally just have to experience it firsthand so but he's mm-hmm. the one who didn't get to case the joint he was the one who just like shows up sight unseen or I guess it's always sight unseen but um <laughs> like and then he just fucking like even though Cliff is is technically sort of sight 
I mean, he's sort of psych. I guess he is psych guiding, but they can't talk. And it's right. a whole fucking staircase. So, like, how is he telling Lester that it's a staircase? Like, I don't, I guess, like, you just told him beforehand that there'd be a staircase. But, and they're just, like, just jumping down the stairs. It seems so mm-hmm. scary to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, I would be terrified. I know in a new a new place, and here's here's a staircase. You just have to walk down. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah no. it doesn't make any sense. And then like yeah, and how did so? I guess they like somehow put Braille on the thing, but like what I thought what I thought was he brought a diag a diagram, but like he brought the in Braille like the instructions on how to on which fuses he needed to remove or switch oh, or something. Okay. But then why didn't he take yeah, that I'm out sure. well, is the question. Oh, because well, because he also has to break into a safe too. So he had like, he must've had stuff written down about, you know, what combo, what combination he needed to use. Okay. But then he was also listening to, to break into the safe. Right. Right. Which I was like, yeah. And he's a locksmith. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that makes sense that that would be his whole thing. Um, yeah. But, like, why? I guess my confusion is did he just uh, did he have to leave the Braille book there? Like, what happened? Yeah, that I thought was a bummer. I honestly think that might have been an honest mistake because Officer Cooper comes down the stairs to the room where he's in and he's got to hide. So right. maybe in a fit of panic or something, he dropped it and just they didn't have time to think about that. They had just had to get the fuck out of there. Before they got caught. I mean, I guess, but it still seems like that would be that would be really top of mind at that point just to get the like fucking braille instruct i mean like come on it doesn't take a genius to be like hmm, this could be traceable like it seems so unlikely he would just completely forget that he had the braille book there that would not be a successful mm-hmm. and also like the fucking the on the news that would that would make it to the news i guess unless the security guard like grabbed it before the, it was a crime scene or something also, that which he pro- he probably did if apparently he knew exactly who did it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, I just that security guard should have gotten fired. I was like, how is he not the one who gets fired? Because so, like he let a fucking robbery happen. That's on him, right? So here's what I thought was gonna happen. I thought he was gonna come through the door. He did exactly what I thought he was gonna do for the first like couple of minutes. Yeah. He came through the door. He went through the heist. He announced all of the mistakes that they made, and he said, and he said that he knew that they had committed the robbery. Okay, cool. What I thought was going to happen was he was going to talk about how he lost his job because of them, right. and he wants in. Right, right, right. He wants to cut now. That's what Conrad was saying. He's like, oh, he's going to want in, and that's like, no, the most right. offensive. Like, because how? I no, how could yeah. you possibly guess would be the most stupid offensive thing? Like, and that they would just be like, yeah, that makes sense. We would rather have five thousand dollars. <laughs> like, which, like, yeah. How did the guy not lose his job? I don't fucking understand that. It's like you are, you have a bunch of disabled people that did a robbery that are not going to be the first suspects. And then you have a security Mm -hmm. guard who let the fucking, his only job was completely like, how does that security guard keep his job? And he's the hero. Like, I mean, maybe what we didn't see was he told, he talked to the museum, the, uh, the higher up staff and is like, look, I fucked up, but I can fix it. I know exactly how to fix this. Give me like 24 hours. And this is just a scene that we didn't see. Or again, I'm, I'm throwing things in there, but like maybe he's, you know, maybe that happened. He's like, I can get it back to you. 
you know, in a week or something. Or right. And that probably hours. was what happened. But then like, but if I was the one who stole the diamonds, I'd be like, no, you don't. You're not going to, this is not a win for you. <laughs> <laughs> like I hold the power here. No, you know, yeah, I'm no. the one with the fucking gems and that's what you want. Like, I'm not just going to mm-hmm. fucking hand them over without, unless there's some serious, you know, exchanging here but like probably i would just not hand them over be like okay cool you think it's us (laughs) sure i mean like okay Uh. (laughs) i mean i guess i guess he gave vic a loan so hooray (laughs) i mean not yeah alone also unclear if he has to pay it back again i know Mm -hmm. it's like not Mm -hmm. stated it could still be something he has to pay back and it's a laundromat not the most lucrative like fucking business yeah no the likelihood Mm -hmm. of paying it like just being in debt is very high like he's just like Mm -hmm. you won the ability to be in debt as opposed to nine million (laughs) dollars <laughs> of liquid cash. <laughs> yep, yep. Could have gotten for the diamonds. You yeah. could fucking move to an island, you know, an island nation <laughs> at that point and be far away from the American criminal justice system. I mean, you don't fucking you you're set at that point. There's no fucking reason. For yeah. It. I mean, until they extradite you, but whatever. Play play up your your disabled card. Like play your small violin, you know. Oh, how could it have been me, a disabled exactly. person? Exactly. <laughs> you know, took the diamonds. Right. <laughs> it's it's such, it makes so much more sense. It's just like, what, what, like, I was thinking this is, okay, so we have 1973. Isn't this where there's, like, enough exploitation films where, like, the, you know, are, like, couldn't they have won like is that really is it what why didn't they win is what i don't understand that is a really good question i mean it it, it, it's like they had to have morality at the end like they had to have the moral police come in the literal moral police come in and be like yeah no you should give it back you're right when we're in the midst of you know exploitation black exploitation all of these you know we're gonna see these marginalized groups get at the upper hand right exactly kick ass i'm you know and i granted i'm not a an expert in exploitation films or black exploitation films i don't i can't say these this type of film is a good thing because i haven't seen enough of it to make that conclusion i went to film school so i I can that's true that's true (laughs) help us out here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would have preferred to see them win yeah this is a a fun made-up story Right. You know, where the little guys beat the big guys, why can't we just see them win and yeah. get everything they wanted? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just so, I was like, is, like, because I was thinking, like, is this because of the time period? Like, I mean, it's made for TV. So does that mean, mm-hmm. like, at that time, maybe made for TV meant that you were, you had more restrictions, on, like, on, Could you be. know, Could subversiveness? Because a lot of the black exploitation stuff you think of as being, like, more within cinema after the Hayes Code was uh, gone, you mm-hmm. know, and, like, that whole era mm-hmm. of, um, like, exploitation films in general. But, like, so maybe because TV at the time was more censored than film um like now it almost feels like the other way around but um that could explain God, it you're, you're right yeah it's yeah. well and you know they still had um i don't think it was as prevalent in the 70s as it was in the 60s or 50s but they still had like you know 
cracked food presents the family movie or you yeah. know, something. So like it was it, everything was sponsored by something. So if that sponsor was like, well, I don't, I this content, I don't know. The it Franklin should, you know, Museum gonna, was the one who sponsored yeah, it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. If we're going to put our name on this, you know, it has, this has to go a certain way. Yeah. But maybe, I don't, I don't but... know. We, we don't, we don't know where this movie came from. So. Yeah. I mean, it didn't <laughs> seem like it was, I mean, they don't really talk about any brands or anything that much at all. So. Right. No, no. Also, fun fact, there's not a single woman or person yeah. of color in this movie. Yes. Yeah, so that's what Conrad was like. Is there, is yep. there a single woman character? And we were like, well, there no. was the, no, there is one. There is a scene where we have Lester fucking ice skating somehow brilliantly for no fucking reason as a blind person. I mean, like, we didn't have to go through any ice castle scenarios um, (laughs) for him to just be fucking skating his heart away with this blonde woman that they objectify literally does not get to say a word um, and is sight skating with him. But except for she does not seem to be paying any attention and he is leading most of the time. So it's (laughs) truly inexplicable. just like so weird <laughs> that that is See, in there I, I completely forgot about her she I she was not on my radar at all because <laughs> she doesn't oh, truly does funny. not say a word like he's not even saying a word in that whole scene because this is when he is being like shut out introduced or whatever oh right oh, well oh. he's being shut out from the plans with the criminals which it's also mm-hmm. like why did the three of them need to like go meet the criminal together it's so weird because it's like he is ice skating so that's how they are like oh we can do this like secret meeting with the criminals so that (laughs) but he's the one who loves to ice skate it like makes no sense at all it's truly it's like also again like they case the museum without their roommate it's not like the three of them have to do everything together it's just that one weird scene where they like i guess have an excuse to be at the ice skating rink but still seems like they could just meet at a cafe or like if you're gonna meet in public it's like does it really matter where you're doing it like it's so weird um (laughs) it's very weird um but yeah so that's but we do have a very blonde very white woman who does not speak a word and is completely the whole the whole thing is completely inexplicable and very confusing why any of it's in the movie so there it's very feminist actually (laughs) (laughs) i mean but at least we don't have like a terrible subplot with like a romantic interest that's the one thing i was like at least we don't have to like watch some weird romantic interest with like some sexist bullshit i was just like yeah i mean that doesn't excuse it at all but uh (laughs) that's my one that's my uh like positive spin on that there was no women at all is that we didn't have to watch something dumb and sexist um but yeah not that good yeah, of, yeah. A, of a caveat, or not that good of a bright side, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I mean, it is, it does have some, some of it is about ableism in a genuine way. Um, so you can give it that. But other than that, it's yeah. still manages in the end to be, have a very ableist ending. And it also has truly does not seem to acknowledge yeah the existence of anyone who is uh not a white male (laughs) yes exactly i mean you know i didn't know what to think when you suggested this and uh it was actually kind of a fun little watch you know it's it it was it was silly and goofy and and kind of fun and it has you know glaring errors in it but uh this was one of the few movies that i watched 
and thought, oh man, I'd like to see a remake of this. Like I want a slick, like, yeah, yeah I want, oh, give me Ocean's Eleven with women and people of color and make them disabled. That is what I want. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> give That's me that. <laughs> what I want so bad. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think that was like after the movie, my thing was like, yeah, I want to make Oceans. Uh, wait, which was, was it Oceans 9? I it was Oceans 8, I think is what with the ladies. Okay, yeah. I'm like, uh, the numbers. Back when we would just do <laughs> franchises with women and now women have had their day. We're done with that now. <laughs> it's over. Right, right. Um, but um, it's, I, I was like, okay, so I want to make Oceans 8 with disabled, uh, <laughs> all disabled characters. That is, yes. <laughs> We should just say hey, we should do a um a collab. We should write a we should write a spec um movie. A spec scripts. Yeah. There you go. Um uh, yeah, we should uh, spec screenplay just like Ocean's <laughs> 8 but with disabled people. That's yes. I mean, come on. You got to love it. I mean, why have we not had crip exploitation also? Like what the fuck? I know, why not? Right? <laughs> like there's no I good reason. See, I want to see some person with like rockets strapped to their wheelchair and then they like, I don't know, burst through a wall, guns ablazing, like, give me that. I am not I am not averse to violence. I'll take it. <laughs> well, and also this is like robbery. There's no violence. This is like right. this feels so much like the fucking the oppressed getting the upper hand in a way that doesn't hurt anyone, but like like the the poor people who are getting hurt is like a rich like security company that is fucking full of themselves being like this is unpenetrable we're not going to hire a disabled person because we have an unpenetrable right, right. system that disabled person designed but you know now they're disabled so we're not going to hire them and this is the guys that we're supposed to sympathize with in the end I mean like what mm -hmm. <laughs> like you can totally fuck those guys over no one like no one is sitting there being like oh but those poor like really sh shitty ableist chosen like security guard guys that like are fucking just assholes like those poor guys they're getting you know now people could see that their security isn't as good as they think it is <laughs> like like what like, come on guys but no it's the disabled people that are the silly dumb ones for thinking they could try to rob something and and get away with it um Right. How dare us do what the able-bodied criminals already do? Right, right. Exactly. And it makes sense that that would just be a confusing... It's like the movie, really, in the end, you're like, so the movie thinks that disabled people really couldn't do this and that they would just be confused. Like, it does feel like that. It's such an undermining thing. It sucks. Um, But, yeah, <laughs> who knows if it's TV or if it's disabled. It would be interesting to to know exactly why the fucking ending is the way it is because it could go either way i could see that it's like just like on a tv movie was it you weren't allowed to let people get away but it'd be interesting to know if there were other movies around the same time that were made for tv movies where they did get away with it because that would um be a good control to see like if that was just what a 73 tv movie just they couldn't get away with it or if it's just truly like disabled people can't get away with it and that's actually the reason <laughs> but oh so sad because i was looking forward to the idea i was like this looks really fun i want to see disabled people like getting away with robbery and then yeah they exactly. just walk you right up to it and then it fucking then and take it away, away. yep sucks uh -huh. uh, so do we mm. i mean i feel like it's it's an hour long so 
There's not a million things to say. Well, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk a little bit more just about Lester. I mean, the performance, maybe. It's not a great... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not great. It's honestly, it's it's not the best. I was more... Lester, like, it was cool. It was cool to have a, a blind guy because it's like it completed the trifecta. But to be honest, I was much more interested in what Cliff and Vic were doing yeah. than I was at all with what Lester They're was doing. They're such better characters. It was really frustrating because you could have made a good blind character, but the, mm-hmm. like, the f- I think especially because he wasn't even in on it from the beginning. Like, it's also right. like, I don't know, well, we struggle with isolation and feeling, like, socially like, uh, discriminate, you know, isolated, and it was really, like, upsetting to see, like, you disabled people, come on! Like, you know, you're really still gonna, like, fucking, like, ice out the blind person? Like, that sucks. Like, that's what abled people <laughs> Well, this is it kind of this is kind of sort of a, a little bit of a Hollywood slash movie TV stereotype because it's it's so much easier if someone says, oh, this show needs a disabled person or this show needs some, you know, more disability uh, representation. It's so much easier for them to work with or write about or swallow someone who may be in a wheelchair yeah. That's, if, if you're going to have a disabled person on a show, usually they're in a wheelchair because all they're doing that's different from, quote unquote, able bodied, normal people is sitting down. Right. And it's like very visual, whereas a blind character, you right. have to exactly. write a blind character, whereas exactly. you just throw an abled actor in a wheelchair and oh, look, now it's a disabled character. Perfect. And like you rarely ever have yeah. to think about it and, until there's like a staircase. And like usually you think about it because you're like, let's create a problem. And so they can be all sad. Like, let's make them want to dance or some bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so that we oh can like glee. fucking glee. Fucking glee. Um, fucking glee. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> But, uh, we should actually we should, we should totally talk about Glee. Yeah, there is side, I mean, side sidebar. Yeah. We'll have to. It's we have to get um, enough listeners to have like a Patreon only uh, right. bonus episodes where we can talk about non-blind disabled <laughs> characters and things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're totally right. It's super easy to have the wheelchair character. Not that like being in a wheelchair is. Like, if you were doing good writing, you would think about a character more, but it's just so much easier for them to, like, just, like, have a visually disabled character. Like, I think about, you know, like, how people wonder if they're getting hired because of, like, who they, like, their identity. And, like, because it's, you want to have a, like, kind of, you want the classic, you want to have a picture of the diverse workplace. Um, You know, and so that's, like, something that comes up with, like, race is, but I, but when it comes up with disability, it's, like, I I think about it, I'm, like, that's almost always, like, a wheelchair, because I, you know, I don't look like I am as much a, quote-unquote, minority or whatever, like, in a picture, in a way that, like, Mm -hmm. you get someone in a wheelchair you're like look we have a disabled person whereas like i'm not gonna be with my cane and you know like i but i'm still a fucking disabled person like and so there's this idea of like the visual light and in cinema especially um it's that visual language of look we have diversity as opposed to like actually Mm -hmm. trying to represent human beings as a whole and like trying to have real characters it's just the like it's a very visual um, which, you know, I guess it makes sense if all they're thinking about is what things look like, then they're not really thinking about blind characters, because that's not what we're thinking about ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's just, it is really, I think you're totally right. And that is also, I think, why you 
it's it's interesting because I was thinking like we don't have as many blind characters and like there is like the blind tropes are sort of weird and all over the place it's like I feel like I don't know it's kind of interesting but like as, like the blind characters I mean after doing this podcast for a while like do we even have an overarching like stereotype of what like why you have a blind character it's just kind of a mess really <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's it's hard it's it's walking that it's walking that tightrope of why why do you make this character blind that is a choice that is a choice that that you have to make yeah and it's hard it's hard because it's like yeah having a disabled character writing a disabled character into your script or into whatever it should be completely normal and they should just be this character who just happens to be disabled right like just you're making a movie about people and it just turns out that we are also people so we could just as likely be in a movie as anyone else (laughs) right well it's like it's like this this christmas rom-com um called christmas ever after and it stars ali stroker who's amazing uh who's this amazing actor singer in a uh, who uses a wheelchair she just got a tony for her performance in oklahoma oh wow and i think she is one of the first disabled folks to win one which wow. is super cool. She's the she's the very Sad, first yeah. person in a wheelchair to win a Tony. Yeah. So, uh, so there's this movie, and the they the lady who wrote the script was like, yeah. And then we held auditions, and you know what? Allie came in, and she did the best. So we cast her. This part was not written exclusively to be a disabled person. However, she's an amazing actor, and so yeah, we 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 cast her in the movie. Yeah. And it's I'm, it's the story the story is not about being disabled. So, yeah. Does it feel kind of like cuz I think about like when you do like colorblind casting and sometimes what you get is just oh, look, there's black actors playing what seems mm-hmm. to just be white characters. <laughs> like there's nothing to say that these <laughs> characters like not in like a problematic way, but it just seems so whitewashed that it's kind of like this bizarro world where it's like I don't this just seems like it's written by a white person and so it doesn't feel great. Like, you know, like there's that weird thing and so I do worry about like that happening with like, you know, what it, I don't know what you would call it, but like disabled, blind, not blind, blind, blind uh, casting. Um, <laughs> um, like, uh, you would have, you know, oh, you know, this person just happens to be disabled, but like, but then you would still have abled characters. So they wouldn't always necessarily right. have the like same, you know, the, the, they wouldn't always feel very genuine in the same way that like, if a disabled character was being written, I mean, I guess at this point it would have to be just by a disabled person um, and pl- played by a disabled it's actor. It's hard. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's two sides of this really weird coin. Because, yes, I want more stories about and for and by disabled folks who, and they have disabled people playing those roles. But I also want just, you know, run of the mill, dumb sitcoms that have a character that's disabled. And it there they were cast because they were funny or, you know, whatever. They just happen to be blind or in a wheelchair or have prosthetics or, you know, whatever. And that's just them. And it isn't it isn't like the story of the week is about them, you know, all the time. Like, you know, having to, to deal with having to be about their disability or having to deal with their disability or whatever. I just God, I want both of those things. Yeah. But it's hard because I don't know which one I want more. Yeah, I mean, I want, I like things that, like, it's hard, because you want something that both shows ableism, but also shows 
like kind of the ability to get the upper hand as well you know like because i think there's something about Mm -hmm. like if you're just watching like something that's truly about ableism in a way that's like so real without like the disabled character you know like and then in the end the disabled character is killed or so you know like something where it's just like oh that feels horrible and exhausting but you want something where you depict like real ableism and then there is kind of a feeling of like you know the character is um a genuine person and like maybe you also get them getting the upper hand in some ways that maybe aren't always the case but like i don't know it's just hard you don't want to like yeah you want to watch a real character that feels like you just want to feel represented and you don't want a character whose world is just like so far from your own that it feels disingenuous like and you don't want a character that feels so written by an abled person that you can't find yourself in it at all um Mm -hmm. but like i really think what happened is happened is you need disabled people writing stories and you need disabled actors playing the characters that are disabled and that's what you need and like without that it's never gonna work and i think that's like what we've come to realize about you know like like with like black people making cinema or (laughs) asian american Mm -hmm. you know like i think that's something that gets talked about in hollywood it's like you just have to do that (laughs) you can't you can't have you know well obviously we know you can't have blackface or yellow face even though Mm -hmm. uh we still do crib face um yes and that seems fine for some fucking reason but um we at least now know like even if people don't always listen that you're not supposed you can't do blackface it's so offensive um but like and yet and yet it's weird because with crip face if we didn't have crip face we might not have a podcast yeah no we would have totally yeah two movies maybe like we would have barely watched a single movie yeah, I don't think by now we would have been done with every single possible... We would have already, yeah. No, the podcast would already be over because we would have gone through all of them by now. Because, like, right. yeah, at the rate we're going, like, how many disabled, like, actual blind actors have we had? I think, like, two? Two touch- or three, I think. Yeah, I, know, I mean, we've yeah, had documentaries, touch- so that's kind right. of... Right, touch of, touch of the Light and then um, in uh, uh, in the Dark. Uh, Chloe is is she's right. actually visually impaired. Yeah. So I guess, but, but then could we yeah. not watch it because the main character is blind, but she's not blind as an actor? Uh, that's a good point. I but don't that's know in the darkest probably. Rules. So we would be a, we would be the podcast that watches in the dark. Um, a bunch of documentaries and and then like about three films probably throughout history mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, so you know very depressing um but we don't we also don't like a lot of the things we watch because it feels really unreal and stupid so right because these are yeah exactly because these are things that were written way back when and this was when disabled people just weren't getting the opportunity to act in or to tell their own stories and that's hopefully still true, my, that is still very true I, my hope as we continue doing this and as we go forward we will see and find more movies that are written by disabled folks and are acted by disabled folks yeah it's going to be a, a it's going to be an unbearably slow process and it's not fair and it's crazy that it is taking this long it's insane but I think hopefully we will see a change because there is a a change. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, 
there's a lot of good reasons for blind people to make movies too so mm-hmm. um we should also make them we've got an yeah, we have a absolutely. it's it's almost like we're saying we need blind writers and blind actors and if only there was like a blind person who writes things and a blind actor <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast hey um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I hope so. I think uh, this Lester, the character, and the performance uh, by what, McCord, what's his first name? Tent McCord. You were correct, though. His last name is McCord. Yes. Uh, Tent, or Kent. That makes more sense. Kent. I heard Tent. <laughs> I was like, that's not Kent. a name. Um, Kent McCord. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can cut the Kent McCord. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, I think that he his performance is not not very good. Uh, very he's just so monotone. The other thing that Conrad was pointing out was that he doesn't move at all. He was like I he was like I've never seen you not move. Like the amount of movement that this mm-hmm. character does in the entire movie like I don't think I've ever seen like a minute go by with you doing that like without you doing more movement than he is like he's just so still <laughs> all the time yeah. and like that yeah. is not actually how blind people interact and I was like yeah you're right that is like the difference between blind actors is like blind actors actually move around a lot whereas like sighted actors just stay so fucking still all the time oh yeah I mean compare him to you you know, an actual blind person, uh, the the main character uh, from Touch of the Light, he moves. Dude was always moving, yeah, yeah, all the time. And that's how you know. That's I was like, oh yeah, that's why I always know. That's why I can always look at a performance and be like, oh, this is like obviously a sighted person versus a, an actual blind person. Like I could always tell because they move around, and I've like noticed that they move. You know, move your eyes around, but it's like it it's the movement like sighted actors will just like become fucking statues which makes mm-hmm. truly no sense like because blind characters need to interact with their surroundings like uh, and they need to like they're under stim- you know as a blind person you're under stimulated so you're like stimming and like making movements even when you know your surroundings and if you're in a new place right. you're trying to understand where you are in space you're trying to like and then like it just helps you move your brain and like even like a sighted person is going to be still when they see something but we don't have any sensory information that needs us to see something like that's you know like we don't have stillness sensory information like even when I hear something I like move my head to the sound and I will kind of and then even when I'm thinking I might like move my head to different places because I don't need to use my eyes and like I talk Mm -hmm. with my hands and like there's just so many different ways in which you like move your body all the time in a way that like sighted people never do and so to play a blind character like it feels like they're almost more still than the average sighted person and you're just like it's yeah it is exactly and that that he was very much so that like he barely moves and that's why I'm like that's why he felt so lost in the movie to me because he was just so boring like he was just so monotone also but like which I'm like blind people are so emotive I feel like this is not this is very unrealistic that he would just be like so monotone It's it's rather sad because he's just the one he's the blind character and he's the one character I just didn't really care that much about. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone relating to him like yeah, you you 
you really just don't. It's, he doesn't make a lot of sense. He doesn't behave in a way that feels relatable. He's just he's just absent. I, it does make you feel like the writers and even the actor did not really have any insight into this character at all. Like mm-hmm. that it was just like and, a, a formality almost. <laughs> right. And it's, it's hard because who can I lay the, uh, there isn't really uh, anyone to lay necessarily to lay all the blame at their feet because these actors might, you know, they're TV actors. So they might've found out like, I don't know, a month or less in advance that they were <laughs> doing this, you know, TV movie. And we know for actors that have to, you know, to play blind people on TV shows or for an actor who's playing someone who suddenly goes blind on a TV show, you know, maybe they, they might have a week to prep. Right. You know, we can't, we can't all be Audrey Hepburn in, uh, right, right. in until dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's true. You know, I'm not trying to like excuse his performance. You know, I thought it was very wooden and yeah. one note and boring, but I don't know if you think about where they're at and the circumstances of the thing. Right. But I mean, like, here's the question is like, is there a way to just be guided correctly to become a like to teach an actor at least to do some basic stuff that's going to sell a blind character? Like, do they really need that long to figure it out? Because I feel like sometimes they like make it worse by like, you know, like if like because he moves around Mm -hmm. less than than the sighted like characters do so if he at least was just slightly more like how much do you really need that level of training i mean obviously just cast well, a blind person that's the solution right, right. but like <laughs> well, but then you have to ask yourself you know as an actor maybe that was the choice that he this particular actor wanted to make in his performance that was just his that was just his acting choice because you don't know if he made all those choices or if the, that was what the director wanted because right. you know you you have to come with some idea of what you want this character to be, and maybe this actor just thought, okay, this this character is really stoic and soft, um, but silence. He says himself, silence to a blind person is is what does he say? No, I can't remember the finish. But uh, he's, like it's like murder is not what he says but it's something extreme yeah Yeah. killer or something yeah 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 um so like but i think that's that's real but like it goes for us too like we talk like by you know that's partly Mm because we'll talk to be like what's going on like you know yeah Um, yeah, so the fact that he's so stoic is also like what (laughs) come on that's not like a that's not the the classic blind it's just like he just has disappeared into himself which is like such a depressing thing and it's not seen Mm -hmm. as like it's deeply deeply depressing like that that's like you know what um vladimir from from, we've seen so many movies we really just it's we we have so much of a canon in this podcast now um but (laughs) like he's just basically trapped within himself like you know but but he doesn't need to be i mean he has a fucking job which is like also like whoa this guy has a job and he lives and he he lives in a house with two disabled roommates now they're not right they don't have the same disabilities he does but God, they can relate. Yeah, they can relate in a lot of ways. So it seems like it shouldn't be that hard to bridge that divide. And the fact that he's so stoic and that he's such a rule follower, like, and that his rule following is just so, like, 
I don't know, just not really guided by, and it, it's so funny because then they convince him, he's like, yeah, you're right. We do experience ableism and we do deserve to like go against ableism. And you're like, what? How, if this character is capable of this in general, how is that not his first thought? Like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's like he just woke up to ableism. He's a blind (laughs) guy and we don't know how long he's been blind, but he almost seems like he might've been his whole life because it's super not stated at all but Mm -hmm. it's just like but he's just waking up to ableism now but like also just like very quickly turns around on the whole stealing things but it's just like how did he not originally think like oh you're stealing things because as disabled people we're discriminated against and this would be a way of like reversing the roles like how did why wasn't that his first thought like if he's capable of thinking that so quickly with their convincing why did they have to convince him that in the first place it just doesn't make sense to me (laughs) um but yeah but he he's yeah could have had a much better blind character i think if we were to make this better definitely they should have gotten away with it and more first of all second of all absolutely could have had him at the beginning he could have been the stealing stuff like he could have been they could have been a three team of three from the beginning without him having to like join Mm -hmm. later on um and we could have just had a much more um he just could have been a much more present character that had that we had just had a better sense of his life and um and also his skill sets, because I feel like they set up so much of the skill sets of the other two characters. They just didn't have time to f- do any character development for him. So, <laughs> yeah. but we had to spend all this time fucking convincing him to be doing it. So we could have spent that time developing his character, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything else to say before we get into our blindness community? Oh, you know, I think I think we pretty much covered it for yeah. for this little for this little movie that was an hour long. <laughs> I know, and we've been like talking for probably around that mm. amount of time. Um, I have to zoom in. I've been maybe even I think probably more. So, so I think that's good. Um, uh, do you want to go first? Sure, 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 sure. Um, so I am giving this movie. Ooh. Yeah, I'm giving this movie a, a 2100. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if they would have gotten to keep the spoils of their of their robbery, I might have graded it higher just because I I was all for that and I wanted that to happen. But this is I've never seen a movie like this. Yeah. And I am I am a little happier to know that this movie exists in the world and it's on YouTube, so anyone can go and watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can. And I thank you to the channel or the person who decided that this movie should be transferred from VHS to the Internet. Yes, because <laughs> it would and, be uh, lost otherwise. <laughs> exactly. It would just be a piece of lost media. Uh, and now it's on the Internet. And it, is it perfect? Nope. But it was really fun to watch. And it's silly. And um, I just had. Yeah, I just had a really good time with it. And nice. Even the even the you know even though the actor who played Lester uh, even though the actor we know his name yeah uh, even though Kent McCord his performance wasn't super great and I didn't really buy his character I enjoyed watching the other two guys yeah so, yeah they were more charismatic okay, and, yeah that kind of made up for it yeah. so yeah t- twenty one hundred <laughs> nice um I'm gonna give it a twenty fifty um. 
I agree with everything you said, though. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, agree with everything you said. Um, <laughs> I like, I, I think the 2050 is just solely because of the, I felt like that we really just could have, the blind character I thought got short shrifted in this, um, considering how we had kind of a fun, we had two fun disabled characters, which is like so uncommon in a movie <laughs> that it was kind of sad to have a blind character, but then for them to be so like, you know, fucking wet blanket, boring. Right. I mean, if you compare his his performance in this whole movie to the three scenes we get of Blind Al in Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. You know, who would you rather hang out with? Right. We have more of a sense of her somehow than him. Um, so he's just, yeah, he felt completely like an afterthought. And we really just, and, and he's just, yeah, a completely confusing and, and non-existing character. And I, so that was sad. I... And I also have to, like, I think I really wanted to see a movie that was, that plot-wise, to some extent, was the first 50 minutes and then had a completely different ending. I thought the ending really undermined so much of it, and it was really disappointing. Um, especially, like, a, like an ending that undermines it, it feels the most, like, what? Come on! Like, you know, because you're kind of, you're getting into it, and then it's, like, right at the end, they, like, fucking pull the rug on out from underneath you and so mm -hmm. that made me really sad but it did make me think like oh yeah this is like a such a good premise this should be done more and I really hope that like you know I think I think you're right like the about the remake possibility of it like I think if you <laughs> made it now um and you did a more of a like 2021 uh because that's what you heard is now um and while you're hearing this um yeah exactly <laughs> it's definitely the year it's being recorded into um uh, but if we did like a more 2021 um remake of this movie i think you could if you and you got some actual disabled people to write and star in it you could make a very very fun movie it would be so i think it would be a, so much fun um and it would be we would talk about it like it's um the way he looks uh <laughs> just to add yes. another reference oh my gosh yes. <laughs> we would we would eat that up um and make it women uh <laughs> and non-binary people uh that's my other thing to add um mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh yeah i think the 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 bones of this there's some real potential there but um i feel like it was just it, it didn't live up to the that potential, but it's also a completely forgotten TV movie. So if someone wants to make something that's sort of similar, no one's going to be like, this is just a ripoff of Beg, Borrow, or Steal, the <laughs> made-for-TV movie from 1973. Uh, so yeah. I think you could kind of, you can definitely make an, somewhat of an homage without anyone even realizing this had been a movie before. Um, <laughs> and if you just pish, oh my gosh, if you just pitch oceans eight but they're disabled i mean there you go fucking sold there, right there, there, there on the spot. yeah exactly um, exactly yeah yeah so i that i'll give i'm giving it above a 2020 for that uh for for the the funness of the plot and like in that we had two disabled characters out of the three that you know were fun to watch and you and that ableism was the villain that's always fun when it's actually ableism is the villain not like you know oh i can't see it's so hard uh, like which is so way too oftenly the the you know 
the villain, I guess, is blindness itself, which or disability itself, which is always really mm. stupid to me. Um, so the fact yeah, that we no. actually got to see genuine ableism and discrimination in like such a real way was really cool um, and and surprising. Like I was not expecting that from something in 1973. Like I, it felt like you might have actually known the life of a disabled person at least to some extent. Like, um, I I mean I wonder if it was just people coming back from Vietnam War like with disabilities because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it seemed weirdly like there was a presence of disability um, but maybe people coming back from the war were less likely to be blind than they were other disabilities so maybe that's why we had slightly more like realistic characters for the other two disabilities um, that's just me totally speculating 100% but um, it did feel like kind of like disabled veterans coming back from the Vietnam War had somewhat of a presence in the movie so it seemed like that was probably on the writers minds um, at least to some extent but um, yeah I think we could definitely it definitely has a, a good uh, good idea good idea for a movie guys mm-hmm. we just need to make a better one yeah. at some point exactly exactly <laughs> um yeah so that's that there you go that's beg borrow or steal <laughs> um <laughs> gotta love weird punctuation in a movie title um <laughs> Uh, so that the yes. last thing that we have is um, what we uh, what we were blindsided by this week, right? Um, uh, Melissa, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. So uh, I'm happy to report that my even though my blind aside last week or what I was what I was blindsided by was positive and negative. Uh, this one is only positive. <laughs> um, I watched the other movie that I wanted to watch. Uh, it, when it, when they came out on Christmas, uh, I didn't end up watching either one of them on Christmas. But I am so happy to report that Soul, that is what <laughs> I'm recommending, the new Pixar movie, is uh, it's a masterpiece. Oh, uh, it is it is incredible. Um, it, it's just it, it's so good. It's the first Pixar movie. Okay, okay, I can't say the first Pixar movie, but the there's there's no white people in this movie nice which is super cool it's it's amazing um i think the vocal performances are incredible i think jamie fox does an amazing job as as joe as the main character and tina fey is awesome as uh number 22 as the soul um basically and this is not a spoiler the premise is 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 uh joe gardner is a music teacher uh, and he's a jazz musician, an incredible jazz musician, and he just feels like his life just isn't there yet. He hasn't fulfilled his purpose. Right. And he gets this right, and he gets this gig to play with this amazing jazz band that he's uh, uh, that he's knows that and has always looked up to. And he's like, "Yes, I'm going to play with you guys tonight. It's going to be awesome. My life is going to take off. You know, I'm going to be a celebrity." Da 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 da. And he dies. Oh my gosh. Uh, in, he lives in New York City and he isn't watching where he's going and he falls down a manhole in the middle of the street <gasps> and dies. So it's the worst so, night. The, that's why blind people are terrified to live in New York City. I mean, I am. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I know there are people who do it, but yikes. Uh, so he basically goes to the afterlife in this movie. It's called The Great Beyond. And he gets to... Uh, he obviously doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to die. So he escapes... <laughs> the the great beyond and ends up in the great before which is oh. where he meets 22 which is who is a soul that doesn't want to live yet she doesn't want to be on earth yet 
Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Or I guess you could you could say they because these characters don't really necessarily have gender, which is really cool. That's cool. Uh, it's beautiful. This movie is amazing, and it's just it will. It's it's the most adult thing Pixar has ever done. Mm. I don't want to say this is not a kids movie because you could show it to children and it's fine, but this movie is tackling. Um, really adult issues nice. about life and about what your purpose is and it will make you think uh nice. yeah and it's and the music is glorious and the animation is glorious and oh my god it's it's so fucking good and it's the one movie uh that my grandma and i got through together <laughs> and she actually watched the entire thing and said it was good <gasps> Wow. My, my grandma my grandma has dementia and has the attention span of a house flea. Aww. So for her to like sit with me to watch this entire movie and then say it was good uh, was really special. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I love my grandma. Um, but yeah, it's on Disney Plus, which means it has audio description. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Be yeah, easy to watch. Yeah, very easy to watch. Just go watch it. Go watch Soul. That's why not be disappointed. That's why it's the Tiger King of near the end of the pandemic, because <laughs> it is so easy to watch if it's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yes, because everything has audio description. Yeah, um, that's awesome. It's, it's brilliant. I can't. I can't talk more highly about it. I'm not going to talk about the ending because you should just go watch it. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, it's yeah. yeah we it's can so... spoil. We can spoil big borrow or steal. Let's not spoil. Soul. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yeah. spoil soul. No, 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 no. But yeah, it's Soul. It's Pixar's latest film. It's streaming on Disney Plus. Make a friend. Go watch it. Yes, it's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, make a friend, but like also maybe see if someone in your bubble or like someone that you know that may not be in your yes, bubble but can send you your pass their password. Uh, yes. Don't yeah. just like go. You're right. You're right. Try to find new people to be. Yeah. No, um, no don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or unless you're a healthcare worker and you've already been vaccinated, then do do whatever you like because you're invincible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I I almost forgot. Um, two things. Two okay. things. Yes, there 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 is actually like one white person in Seoul who's actually quite funny. It's a, that doesn't matter. Um, the other thing is is I would like to make a correction uh, okay. on last uh, on last podcast. We were talking about Deadpool, and I'm just not a Deadpool expert. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember him being that sexual in the comics. Blah blah blah. Um, so just for funsies, I started reading a Deadpool Spider Man team up. Uh, which is really fun, and I'm, I'm having a really great time. And literally, one of Deadpool's first lines, he and Spider-Man are tied up in such a way that they're facing each other, and they're hanging upside down. And one of Deadpool's first lines is, well, uh, stop struggling, Spidey, or I might have to uh, unsheath my katana. Okay. <laughs> you're, it's... You're, it's, it's you, I'm awful close to your spider eggs or spidey eggs, and I'm just like, oh no, that's I was wrong. Also, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> what I is mean, happening there? <laughs> I mean, he so he had to fake an erection to defeat Dormammu, who is this like interdimensional terror demon guy, and 
And then there's the whole plot. And but everything. stop hey, I'm struggling. Having, it's like I'm having a really good time. That's not oh. a good way to start a sexual innuendo. No, stop no, struggling. No. That's not great. <laughs> I mean, they were tied up. But yeah, no. No, because no. only consensual, uh, like Spider-Man, Deadpool fanfic, please. Right. Right. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man definitely did not want to be in that situation. But no, I'm make if you're gonna do fanfic, make him into it. That's my. This is my two cents. Here. <laughs> well, yeah. Make yeah, Spider-Man but, equally you know. into it. As long <laughs> no, as he's okay. not teen Spider-Man, also make him at least over eighteen. This is I'm making right, yeah, it better. No, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, yes, in this comic. But yeah, no, um. It, it was a whole plot. Like, Deadpool set the whole thing up. Anyway, um, it's really good, and I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm an idiot. I'm not a Deadpool expert, so I take it back. Deadpool is an incredibly sexual being. There. I have said my piece. I'm happy now. Okay, cool. Um, that's Thank you for clearing that up even before it's the episode is aired, so now we just get to wait for the future where they people will be like, what? Deadpool is sexual in the comics. Um... Okay, Brilliant. no, but this is, thank you for cleaning that up. That's much appreciated. Um, <laughs> it's important that we chronicle exactly which superheroes are sexual and in which mediums they are sexual in. <laughs> yes, yeah, we've got a list. It's important. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so my uh, blindsided thing, the thing I'm blindsided by this week, um, is a podcast. Um this is um it is a podcast called food psych the host christy harrison um is um a like uh eating disorder coach kind of um but like it's all just about um like anti it is an anti-diet podcast and talking about like um eating disorders and how like a lot about um how restricting food um like can be like from dieting um can create obviously creates eating disorders but even like from restricting like the kind of like restricting binging cycles of like diets and talks about you know health at every size and how um like fat phobia and the medical establishment and um and kind of like all the different ways that like diet culture can be problematic um and uh it's just a kind of a cool podcast to get it's given me a lot of kind of information because I've always I've been aware of like health at every size for a while but since it's mm-hmm. so not part of the medical establishment or even like culturally it's so not understood and like and there's so much fucking bullshit about dieting and you know things against health at every size that I like even if I've been aware of it I haven't like had I feel very unequipped to talk about it if that makes sense um and so I think this listening to this podcast has been really cool because it's helped me to really better understand kind of what how like like how to talk about and like um you know health at every size and kind of the reasons behind um behind it and because I, I will just get into discussions with people where I'm like I know this feels wrong but I don't know how to like talk about it so it's definitely helped me um uh and I just think it's really cool to um 
to have that because it is something that is so prevalent and it's like it kind of feels it feels akin to ableism in a lot of ways to me I feel like Mm -hmm. like um that like the fat acceptance movement and like disability rights movements I feel like have are kind of like spiritual sisters in a way um and so it is a really it's a cool um podcast and um it's a great kind of introduction into the like anti-dieting the world of anti-dieting health at every size um like uh you know universe and um and it's just kind of like a cool thing that's made me really uh have a better like feel more equipped to to talk about this stuff and um and it's just really great if you're someone who's like starting to become interested in that or have struggled with that um it, like dieting or eating disorders in the past it's like a really it's a really cool resource um so that is called food psych Thanks. um and it is a podcast that you can check out anywhere on podcasts I, sold. <laughs> I just added it into my yes. podcast rotation I feel like so. I have such a good record with like Melissa suggested in <laughs> podcasts, except for um, Dakota Rig, which you were like, love that podcast. So I'm, yeah. every time I pick a podcast, it's like, we're, yes, we can be podcast siblings. And I've like tried really hard to mostly pick ones that are hosted by women as well. Uh, so Fantastic. that's the thing I've tried to do is just cool, cool, go me. Um, <laughs> uh, but I need to get more non-binary podcasts. So tune in in the future for that um hosted by non-binary people um yeah so well, i think we did it do we have anything else any other business do we want to make any corrections um to past episodes <laughs> no i think that was my biggest one um yeah, I, the, think, I think we did it nice what are we doing next week do you have a pick Great. So next week is my week and I've been searching the interwebs <laughs> and I thought it might be fun to do. We, we've only done Quill, uh, The Life of a Guide Dog. We've only done like one guide dog movie, guide dog specific movie. So I thought it might be fun to do another documentary. So we're watching Pick of the Litter on Netflix. Uh, you can stream it on Netflix or Hulu. And this is about guide dogs from their birth to being assigned to blind folks. That sounds very awesome. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, we'll be. oh, we're so ex- we're so excited that Netflix started to play it for me. Okay, Ooh. go away, Netflix. It's like, come on, watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch. Watch it now. Right now. Yeah. So yeah, next week we're talking about puppies. We'll be talking about pick of the litter. Awesome. Our theme song. It's by Lucia Fasano. Our YouTube is Citizen White Cane Podcast. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Um, our Facebook and our Instagram are both Citizen White Cane. Um, you can send us an email to citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voice message, there's a link in the show notes. Who would be on your disabled uh, heist team? Yes. Uh, um, and what, what both disabilities and uh, character details would be for each person um yeah what cool like heist name would you give yourself like if you were if you were in a wheelchair would you be like the wheels or the bag man or um i don't know yeah yeah the wheels is the best one i can come up with yeah if you're blind um be uh the uh cane man yeah the cane the cane just all of them are their accessibility device that's 
classic um <laughs> and what um what like other super fun genre movies could you make into cripsploitation um like just all cripsploitation please just just send us all your clips cripsploitation ideas um and and uh make sure to include your name so we can give credit to you uh when we collaborate on an amazing movie in the future um <laughs> 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 um and uh come back next week um where we're gonna like be s- super cute puppies pig in the litter guide dogs very excited um to get to get puppy with it um and we'll we'll see you then bye yes bye. <laughs> <laughs> what about getting in you're not you're not cleared on the museum security list anymore I called my ex-boss. He's expecting me. What about the rope? How are you going to rig up the rope? Once I shake Alex, I'm home free. <laughs> what about me? What am I going to be like in there? You want to call it off? Listen, Vic, you're lucky. You're really lucky. Things don't touch you. Well, Cliff, you've got less to worry about than the next guy. You won't leave any fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs>